a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we, for some reason, welcome back Paul Ashley from First Person Advisors. A lot happened in the healthcare space over the last couple of weeks. Single payer stuff. Bernie Sanders wants Medicare for all. I believe Everybody. it's Bernard Sanders. <laughs> Uh, and so much more. So Paul Ashley joins us. And Paul, you recently passed your level one sommelier exam. That is true. And because of that, we are doing Rosé Radio today I here, love it. It's uh, a, on the program. We're, we're located. It's a perfect day for Rosé. It's warm. Uh, it's it's porch weather. Did you learn all this on the test? That no, no. But I mean, site? you know, you and I both know from our own experience that... Uh, Very experienced in the drinking rosé field. see. Yeah. And you're... And I'm trying to... Okay. Just relax. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, as we discuss uh, healthcare, you can watch Paul and I drink a nice Cote de Provence. So if and that I, interests you. I will say out there to all of our uh, listeners, yes. uh, viewers, enjoyers, the the American um, the Americans we Americans have got given rosé a bad name over the years. Okay, and um, kind of like single payer healthcare. Well, no, we don't really have that yet. But okay. rosé is a fine wine, particularly when made in France. The Provence region is one of the best uh, AOCs you can get it from. And I'm happy to report some American winemakers are getting it right again. So all right, well let's talk healthcare now. Okay. Uh, oh, cheers. cheers. Yeah. To uh, Bernie? The death yep. of this great country. Right. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. <laughs> um, so, let the, so much healthcare news this week. So much. Where to begin? Well, I think probably what made the most news in the week that was was um, Senator Bernie Sanders from sure. the great Ber- Bernard state. Sanders. Sorry, Bernard Sanders. Sanders? <laughs> Sanders. How much wine have you had? <laughs> well, just a sip. Okay. Doesn't take much. It's I'm strong. A, I'm a cheap it's date. Strong. Um, from the great state of Vermont. He rolled out today with great fanfare. Uh, and uh, with a, about 12 other senators and uh, House Representatives members with him, his proposed legislation, which is known as Medicare for All. Okay, so you know I know nothing. I mean, we always, I don't know why we keep reestablishing that. Well, I think it's important new listeners <laughs> new understand what they're in for. Yeah, so if, if we picked up a third listener. Um, <laughs> Besides Jane Ellen, my mother, and, right, my and mom, Ted. Con- yeah. And what Connie. So, uh, so let, uh, w- Medicare for All, it, it makes me think, okay, I understand Medicare, I think. And does that just mean everyone will have similar coverage as Medicare? They want people to have, like, there's Part A and Part B and all the parts and things? Yeah, so I think um, Medicare for, for all is really more of a handy slogan than it is really what he means. But is he calling it that, or are we calling it that? No, he's calling it that, he, so, that so that the common consumer can understand what he means by, I want to provide health care for everybody. He's saying, in the way that you know how grandma and grandpa are covered, with yeah. Medicare, I want you to have that same experience. Because there is sort of a race to 65 right now, mm-hmm. right? And if you live in the Indianapolis area, I don't mean to I-65. I mean, when it comes to healthcare, as an older American, a pre-retiree, you're, you're just trying to make it a 65 so you can go on a reasonable healthcare plan. So that's the attraction? Uh, that's the attraction because, you know, by and large, if you, um, if you poll folks who are on Medicare, mm-hmm. They're going to give pretty positive, uh, you know, response as a consumer that uses yeah. it. That people like it. What are the big complaints against it? Because I actually I don't know, Ebony. 
Yeah, they're really, I mean, there was some initial uh, hemming and hawing around the prescription drug ca- drug coverage that w- was a new in 2004. Sure. People were, were ner- nervous about it, but very well re- received in that way. Probably the only feedback you'll get is um, from some patients who are on Medicare specifically and do what's called a Medicare Advantage plan. It's essentially a Medicare HMO. Okay. They'll get a little squirrely about a narrow network of doctors they can see, but they pay virtually nothing for their care nor premium. And so, um, you know, there, there really is the, the high marks from consumers on Medicare. But Bernie Sanders uses the term Medicare for all, not because he intends to replicate the Medicare system and bring it to all Americans, but because Americans understand what Medicare is. Therefore, they're like, oh, the government's going to take care of my health care. Okay. I have to admit, and I actually, I don't know if I have an opinion on all of this anyway. I, it would appeal to me if we all had a Medicare-style system, and I think that's what he's trying to say. Yes. But I think it's confusing that he's trying to get people to understand it by calling it something that it's not. Am I crazy for saying that? Well, I think the, the reality is he's just trying to get some common ground that people can get behind, and most Americans don't know how healthcare works. Yeah. And so he's going to sort of the base knowledge that most folks have, and they're like, well, I've heard of Medicare. Grandma has it. She likes it. Mm, sounds interesting. Let's try it for everybody. Okay, so it, it, why is Medicare different than normal healthcare? How is it different specifically? Well, let's shift it away from the actual term Medicare and let's shift it to a single payer system. There we go. All right. So what what Senator Sanders intends with the legislation he's put forward is not truly Medicare for all, but instead a single payer system where all people are covered with the federal and state governments as the single funder of health care. Okay, so the qualification to be covered under Medicare is you you achieve the age of 65. Or, or, or are disabled, but yes, 65. Correct, okay. So with this, everyone's covered. You just apply and, and you're naturally covered. There's no pre-existing conditions. There's no, yep. there's any rating based on health or not? No, not at all. That doesn't happen in Medicare today. Okay, so who... Are, are the people that are against this going to be sort of more of the libertarian, the more conservative folks that's like, well, it's just not the government's role to do this? Is that's, that... yeah, the people who are going to speak up against this are generally going to be conservative, generally libertarian, as you okay. pointed out, and also people who understand that something as complex as healthcare, there could be unintended consequences or problems if we hand something, something like that to the government, who has proven over time that it has some challenges being efficient. But didn't we... Okay, so... I always like these conversations with you primarily because we're having a beverage. We are. And number two, because I feel like you don't judge me for how little I know about this. I silently judge you, but I'm not in front of your audience. My viewer. Yes. Okay. Two viewers. So if, if conserve, and I, and I always like to say I'm fiercely independent politically, like whatever. I vote for people, not parties. So if the GOP is okay with Medicare, presumably, kind of. They are in that, well, let's, let's go back to when Medicare came about in the 1960s. It came about a period um, after the assassination of JFK and a period of great transition in the late 60s when the Democrats had the White House and a super majority okay. of the House and Senate. And in, in uh, 1965, they were able to get Medicare passed. It was a huge socialism coup that they pulled off. So and they can, Medicare today, in today's environment, if Medicare didn't exist, there would be no way on earth that we get a pass. So all the seniors that are covered by Medicare, who also find themselves to be conservatives, mm-hmm. on some level, they have to rectify and come to terms with the idea that it is socialized medicine in the purest form. Not socialized medicine, but a but 
single-payer government-funded medicine. Again, we've said this before, there's a difference between single-payer where the government's the funding source okay. and socialized medicine. Socialized medicine is what Canada has, the UK has. Socialized medicine, not only is the government the single funding source, but the facilities are owned by, the providers are, are employed by, the nurses are employed by directly their employees of the government. Okay. Single-payer means the funding source is the government, but they're still private hospitals, private entities. They're not directly employed. So Got it. Okay. That's a, that's a delineation that you have to be careful with. So uh, the Democrats have no power right now, politically. Well, I mean, they got a little bit of leverage. Well, by They have leverage. They have leverage, but they have no vote. No, I mean, they, they can't get something done by themselves. But you're right. Okay, so how in the world is this even conceivably possible that what Senator Sanders is saying could happen? Because at, at first glance, I read the story of the day, and of course, understanding 10% of it, and I'm thinking, there's no way. There, right now, there is no way. Okay, so the, it was the way that it's a way in 2018? Is that the setup? There's certainly a possibility in 2018. Well, not no, well, in July. Not in, not in 2018, yeah. because there's, Trump would clearly veto any bill that was Medicare for all. Okay. Okay. So the the first real possibility would be 2020. Yeah. Assume that Trump's a one-term president, a Democrat's elected, and the 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 gains that the Democrats get at this midterm election in 18 continue, and they get additional gains in 20, and flips the House and Senate to themselves. So, so some of so the then you could maybe have it. So some of the beefs that the libertarians and and conservatives have with um, single payer is that they don't believe the government should be paying for any of this stuff anyway. Right. They, 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 there's a little bit of a big brother worry. There's sure. a little bit of a, uh, you know, who, fun, who well, so when the government pays for it, who pays for it? Yeah. Taxpayers. Sure. Right? And um, th there's some concern about the efficiency of, of the government or inefficiency of the government to be the facilitator of healthcare and the payer of healthcare. All right, so we're gonna take a break. Let's take a break. We're gonna have some wine. We gotta get uh, our producer, Nicole, a glass of Nicole, do you want some wine? Yes, please. Okay, well, it's, it's just it's good for radio when yeah. they can't hear the oh, other. Oh, she can, they can, you can't hear. A what? You gotta wear ears, my friend. Oh. Uh, hey, Nicole, so we'll get Nicole some wine. To to we're gonna come back. <laughs> uh, Paul and I are gonna talk more about healthcare. And so we're gonna talk about how Senator Sanders plan, Medicare for All, is actually similar to Medicare and what's involved in that plan and maybe talk about some of the other senators on board with him. All that and more next on the Million Dollar Plan. Cheers. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in, camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again, put down the stamp again, talk to my fans again, renew my brand again. Back on the million dollar plan, uh, big travel week here. Uh, Paul Ashley joins me. I've gotten back off the road, so it was in Laguna Niguel. It was in Omaha. Let me tell you a little Omaha travel story, Paul. Are you interested? Uh, we, Omaha's always, a great we drink rosé. It's the rosé and radio edition mm. of the uh, Million Dollar Plan. Mm. With, this is a true story. What I'm about to tell you is true. Uh, I was in the Omaha airport on the way home on uh, Thursday. No one knows. 
guy looks like Guy Fieri, right? The chef is posted up in the airport. I'm at this restaurant. I'm eating a Cuban sandwich because I'm in Omaha. What else are you going to yeah, eat? Yeah, it's well known for their Cubans. It wasn't good. It was not good. And the guy, I can hear him arguing with someone. He's sort of behind me at the restaurant. I saw him walk by, so I know he looked like Guy Fieri, right? Or Guy Fieri. I don't know what we're calling him, but he looks like that fella. I turn around. The guy is arguing with what looks to be his wife based on their wedding rings and the way they're treating each other. <laughs> she also looks like Guy Fieri. Okay. So it was Guy Fieri arguing with Guy Fieri the in the female, Omaha The era. female version of Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was incredible. Well, they say, you know, you, as you start to age, right? you begin to look like your dog. Does that happen with yeah. spouses? Oh, absolutely it happens with spouses. Well, good. You're going to get your better looking. Wife, well, yeah. your poor wife's in trouble. Okay. So, Paul, uh, enough of Guy Fieri's. Enough about those two guys. <laughs> Let's talk about so, healthcare. Okay. So, two, why? Two, what? Two. Anyway. Two guys. Yeah. Uh, t- I didn't get the yeah, no, Um Tell me about why we don't think this will work. Like, even, okay, not even that it won't get passed. Mm-hmm. Well, why it won't work? There's evidence. There is very evidence. close to the cuff evidence that it won't work. Yes, the way to lead the witness. So, in the great state of Vermont, there was something Have called. Have you been to Vermont? I've been there once. I haven't been. How was it? It was great. I mean, that uh, the entire sort of northeast Maine, Vermont, yeah. New Hampshire is beautiful until it gets to be winter, and then it's really cold. Okay, so uh, what do people do when they have a cold-related sickness in Vermont? That I, was a lead-in back to what we were talking yeah. about. It didn't work. So, no, I'm sorry. Um, so there was something in Vermont that was tried to get lifted off the ground um, called Green Mountain Healthcare. Green Mountain Healthcare. Yep. Gang Green Mountain Healthcare. Yep. And, uh, you know, being the Green Mountain State, it was, a, it was a catchy name. And, you know, Vermont is a place where these ideas normally can work, you know, creative. Or liberal sort of. Yeah. New, <clears throat> new thinking, small enough that they can control it. And for four years, they tried to get a... Uh, Healthcare for all in the state. Okay. Lifted off the ground. And? Failed after four years. Couldn't get it done. <clears throat> so they couldn't get it in place or it was the, in place and it failed? It, they started to get it implemented and it just couldn't work. And it this was Green Mountain it, Healthcare? Green Mountain Healthcare in Vermont. Could not get it to work. Totally off topic, kind of. Vermont's super liberal. Mm-hmm. Maine is super conservative. Mm-hmm. But they're right next to each other, right? They are. Right. Well, Indiana, super conservative. Illinois. Chicago, okay. super liberal. Chicago is not a state. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm just working on it. Um, okay, so it didn't get off the ground. So yeah. was Bernie Sanders, he couldn't have been involved at the state level with that. There's no way. Well, he certainly influenced it, right? I mean, yeah. you've got your, you've got uh, a leader in the Democratic Party from your state. He's going to influence it. It's something he believes in. Mm-hmm. He probably wanted to see it work there so it could be a test case for other states or you know, regional or you know, national programs, but it just simply didn't work. And you know, there's probably two main issues that drove it not to work. Number one, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, they were going to charge an 11.5% payroll tax sure. and a 7% additional income, state income tax. It's a lot of money. Wait, do those numbers again? 11, 11.5% payroll tax. Okay, so what, what does that, that would explain that So for every dollar of payroll that's running through that's a taxable W-2 dollar yeah. payroll, it gets taxed at 11.5% to fund it. By the, the employer? Uh, it gets taxed by, by, by the state and the employer pays it. The employer pays the 11.5%. Well, sure. Why wouldn't they? They don't have to provide health care anymore. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. so they gladly would do that. Well, maybe in some cases. But but small employers would. Well, yeah, small employers would love that. Okay. Uh, and then individuals okay. would pay, you know, 7% of uh, 7% of additional state income tax to fund it as well. And again, you know, people who have more income are going to... There's no way you know the answer to this. 
What's their current state tax rate? I have no idea. Okay, good. Yeah. That's why I'm glad you didn't know that. I have no idea. <laughs> I knew you were. Vermont state tax policy is not, I'm so, yeah, right? <laughs> have some more rosé. Please. Maybe order. you'll know it after a couple <laughs> yeah. more drinks. Uh, I believe it's 3.4%. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, it. It's high. Let's just say 7% would be more, right? Sure. Uh, actually, it's uh, 13% <laughs> no tax. No tax. by yeah. volume. Um, and so th that was one issue was just sheer the weight of tax and, and and then the other issue is that's a big deal that's, that's a, a lot huge of deal that's a huge amount and of and if tax. it's and it's a pretty liberal state it's likely that their state income tax is is all jokes aside is probably pretty high probably higher than the average you would guess okay nicole can you look up state income tax for vermont please it won't be too terribly hard to do that, i don't think all right keep going please um the other issue is that once people had a buy-in to everybody having health care you know, people had a say, they had an argument, they wanted, they wanted to look like something. Sure. And so, you know, if you give somebody something, then they're going to wind up, uh, you know, kind of belly aching. It's like if you give somebody something for free, they, they start to care. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's odd how it worked. Now, when you think about Bernie Sanders' plan that he's floating, which is healthcare for everybody, they're estimating, you know, how it gets paid for is unclear, but let's be, one thing that is totally clear Taxes, okay, because the, the government has no other source of income than taxes and tariffs, um, and so they're proposing a 7.5% payroll tax on employers, and another 4% of individual income tax to fund the Sanders plan. The income tax rate is 8.95%. So another 7%. That ranks as the seventh highest in the U.S. So, uh, so it. They also have a a state and local sales tax that ranges from six to seven percent. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's hard to get your power percentage to work in that state. It, re it really is. I mean, Indiana is, what, 3, 3.5%, three yeah. something like that? So, but let's go back to the Sanders federal plan that he's floating. Again, let's break it down to the federal, on yeah. the federal level. So, 7.5% payroll tax on employers. So, every employer is yeah. paying 7.5% of every dollar they I'm run through the I'm doing the math in my head right now. Okay. Plus an additional 4% of individual income tax added on top of whatever bracket you fall in today. And okay, so I'm looking at this as an employer, who has employees, mm -hmm. and I'm also an employee of my own company, mm -hmm. right? I personally would get killed. Yes. The S-Corps would get hammered. Yeah, so I'm an S-Corp and I would get destroyed. LOCs would get hammered, LLPs would get hammered, PCs yeah. would get hammered. So that's this is not gonna happen. Uh, it's not gonna happen now nor is it gonna happen in the next three to four years. However, I heard from an economist this week, uh, Alan Beaulieu from IRT in New Hampshire, interestingly enough, and he's a, a macro uh, economist. Okay, uh, you very, almost said economist. I almost did. You almost the, did, I could feel it's it. It's the rosé, <laughs> uh, macroeconomist. Yeah. And you know, he, he's pretty accurate in his economic predictions. So somebody asked him, what does he think about healthcare in America, blah, 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 what do you think of Bernie, Bernie Sanders' plan? And he said on Wednesday, he goes, there's no way it passes, like you and I are saying. He goes, but he thinks by, 2030 or shortly thereafter, it, something like this will pass. And the reason it be, he believes so is because okay. healthcare costs will continue to rise and you know we won't have any uniquely American solution for it. And eventually the millennial voting block and Gen Z voting block are gonna be the, block, the first block that doesn't stand in the way of this. Okay, so what I just heard is there'll be a lot of dead people who are currently opposing it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to say that. That's fair, right? So, basically, so the biggest voting block right now are the Greatest Generation and uh, 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 Baby Boomers. Sure, right. Twenty uh, thirty. 
the, well, you know, 20, some 30, you know, 12 years later, some sure. 13 years later, more of them will be no longer with us We're than they are today. We're going to lose a lot of listenership. Well, yeah. I mean, my mother and your mother, I think, are in that generation. So we just oh, lost yeah. them both. Do the math. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll be a lie. But the, the 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 bigger thing is not not only those folks dying, although that will be true. Sure. You've got this new generation who tends to you know be generally more okay with this. Mm-hmm. At least as they sit today, that could change as they get older and start to see different things. All right, so uh, there's a few reasons you're on today. We're gonna take a break here in a second. When we come back, what we're gonna talk about is there was a recent report that said Obamacare premiums are gonna go up yet again. But this time, there's some nuance to it. This time, oh, by the way, I'm not explaining away the other times the Obamacare premiums went up because very, very frankly, as I've told you many times on this program, my personal finances have been greatly negatively impacted by Obamacare. And, and I generally have been okay with that because I'm okay with other people having health care that don't have opportunities. Not the point. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about why Obamacare premiums are scheduled to rise but it's a different reason you think. All that is next on the Rosé Radio edition of The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Plan, uh, the Rose and Radio Edition with Paul Ashley. Clinky, clinky. clinky. Paul Ashley, first person advisors, friend. Uh, anytime I th- hear politicians talk about health care, I honestly do the old, what would Paul Ashley <laughs> say or do? Yeah, so it's kind of like I tweeted yesterday, there was, a, there was uh, somebody retweeted Bernie Sanders thing, and then uh, Trump retweeted Sanders and said, you know, this is going to be awful for America. Mm-hmm. And then I retweeted both of them and said, the truth is they're both wrong. Ne- neither Sanders nor Trump has this figured out. So there's this book, and I think I don't even know the name of it. I think it's like Death of the Expert or something like that. And I, I should find out. Nicole, can you look up if that's like a actual book, Death of the Expert or an ex- whatever. The concept is because of the way political talk is today, people who actually know what they're talking about are being drowned out. Absolutely. Like people like you who understand this, yeah. um, you're being drowned out by by rhetoric, right? And so that's why, that's why we're here. That's why we're spending time on our show because this stuff affects all of our financial lives so much. And the new number for retirees specifically, you probably saw it was the last couple of weeks, used to be, uh, it was the uh, average retiree couple, 65 to 85. Healthcare and retirement is now $275,000 out of pocket. And again, every time I say this, I want to be very clear. When we say that you will pay in, in from, if you're 65 right now, in the next 20 years, it, we think you're going to pay $275,000 out of pocket in these next 20 years. 
to fund healthcare, and that's why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why we're doing this. It's big money. And when you're working, you got to understand how healthcare works or how it could or should work so that you can make better decisions about your employer plan and about how to navigate the healthcare market and, you know, plug for an HSA. We love our health savings accounts. Yeah. So, so. Nicole, did you find an answer there for us? It is. It's the death of the expertise. Okay, by Tom Nichols, it looks like. Mm -hmm. The campaign against established knowledge and why it matters. Exactly. Beautiful. All right, so um, talk to us about why Obamacare premiums are slated to rise. And it's a, it's a pretty, I don't I wouldn't call it weird. It, it's just it's just Market dynamics, really. Yeah, what yeah. It is. It's talk market dynamics. So the bipartisan congressional budget office, which, by the way, I, segue here, you know. Did you print that at our office? Because I'd hate to use all that ink. Yeah, paper. I used is the most expensive uh, heavy bond paper yes. and your ink. Look at that logo. It looks like uh, Beats, Beats by, by Dre. Dre. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's anyway, logo. the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, put a report out that said they expect Obamacare premiums to rise on average 15% in 2018. Okay, so we're very, okay, very frankly, that's not bad compared to the rises we've had. I think last year I went up 26%. Sure. That, well, that's on average, right? You're okay. one you're one policyholder in one state. Yeah. Again, on average across the country, you're seeing a 15% rise on top of people whose average increase was 17 or 20. Dude, right? I think so the average was a lot higher last year. It, it has been high, but so what... Why do they think it's... Why do they think of the 15% this year? Well, number one, the uncertainty in the market. So President Trump has the ability to not fund out of the U.S. Treasury the reimbursements expected from the Treasury to insurers for what they call transitional relief. So when the Affordable Care Act was first put out, they started collecting taxes, transitional relief taxes, okay. from employers who sponsored plans. And the purpose of collecting that money was that when the exchanges opened, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, that the people who bought through state or federal-based exchanges, healthcare.gov in general, they suspected that the people that would get into those plans would be generally previously uninsured, generally less healthy, and they wanted to make sure there was a way to temper that risk pool. Sure. And so they took money and they helped subsidize the risk that the insurers had. Okay. Well, Trump at any point can stop pay making those payments to the anthems of the world, the Cygnus of the world, the Blue Cross Blue Shields of the world, the United Healthcare's of the world, and those uh, companies, which are you know mostly for-profit and mostly publicly traded companies, their duty is to their shareholders. So what right. do they do? They begin to pull out of markets ahead of this uncertainty. Okay, so we've already had that. Absolutely have had that. Okay, and so has that led to this yeah. price increase? Yeah, absolutely. So you have less competition, Okay. right? That's driving down competition. You have less efficiency in the market. And um, you have those who are staying in the market because there's less competition and there's also uncertainty. They're asking for a higher increase than otherwise they might because they want to make sure to have enough premium to cover the risk that they think is out there. I, I think it's important to go back to this very basic economic idea that the more competition there is, the lower prices go. Yes. Right? And, and, yeah. and so a lack of competition, very few... Uh, competitors, uh, almost an oligopoly, oligopoly yeah. uh, is very, very bad for a consumer, no matter what the product yeah, is. It's it's not good, it, not good at all. And this is this is interesting. I want to quote from this Vox article from from my girl Sarah Cliff. I've never met her. She doesn't know who I am. I think you have a professional crush. crush. On her. I definitely want to you metaphorically. Her up on the show. I definitely want to metaphorically professionally date her. 
Okay, I yeah. think that's creepy. Go yeah, ahead. That's fine. No, so th this is a quote from the end of our article. President Trump has often described the Affordable Care Act as, quote, imploding on its own. The CBO report suggests this isn't the case at all. Rather, the Trump administration is making specific policy decisions that are leading to an individual market that will be less functional with fewer people signed up and higher premiums for those enrolled. So in other words, he's sab they, they, they believe either obviously or unobviously, he's doing things to sabotage the existing exchange marketplace and help it to quote, implode on its own. A couple questions on that. Do you feel at all and this is your personal opinion. I, it's not even, it, I don't even think it, it gets into your professional opinion, but if it does, let me know. Do you think the CBO is at all politicized at this point? It's your opinion. So, uh, I, so I don't think the CBO is a political entity. However, I think politicians have made them political. Okay. Do you think sabotage is the right word for what's happening? Yes. So I believe what, the Trump administration is doing is either consciously or subconsciously intended to expedite the implosion of the exchanges. I slightly disagree. And you and I disagree. You and I actually agree on this topic mm -hmm. all wholehearted. Pardon me. The rosé. No, the rosé. It's the Provence yeah. coming out. It's the, the terroir. Can you guys smell the Provence? Here's what I think is a little different. I think this is really about fiscal restraint of not wanting to go out of pocket with those funds, the government, you know, the treasury, yeah, as opposed to sabotage. Now, it does, in fact, sabotage. It certainly does. Absolutely. Which I think he feels good about. Right, right. But I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but i probably wrong. I think at the heart of it, though, is a conservative decision on, uh, a fiscally conservative decision, not a... And not a disdain for Obamacare. So where I think that's hogwash is, <laughs> is this is <laughs> this might be the single place where they're using true fiscal restraint. I mean, even Republicans over the years, fiscal conservative Republicans, have not truly been fiscally conservative with healthcare, with anything in the sure. government. I mean, so this is the one place they're going to choose to have restraint in the last ten years. Come on, this is. You think it is this is the, the old purpose. jab them in the ribs. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's, because it's brilliant. It's, well, I mean, if it's got, look, you know me, if it's got me somewhat convinced, it's a pretty good cover. Beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and let's be fair, there was some political maneuvering and brilliance under the Obama administration to get this thing passed in the first place and the stuff he's done, sure. you know, up until he, he left office after eight years in office. There was some really great chess moves on his part, and now Trump is just kind of doing his version of it. Not quite as ele elegant <laughs> as President Obama, but heavy -handed. no less effective at ham, times. ham-fisted, <laughs> yeah. ham-handed, what yeah. I say? By the way, did you see the kid today that was mowing the, the lawn at the White House, I the 11-year-old? I did see that picture. Yeah. It, the optics were a little strange. It did look weird. He did it for free. And he wouldn't talk to Trump, President Trump. Uh, you... Did yes. you see that? But then he went on air, like, you know, he did a, uh, you know. Oh, did he? He thing? did the hits in the morning shows, and and he was Kids hilarious. And so, he, so they, you know, why did he do it for free? Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to raise his profile so that he could get hired yeah. in his hometown of uh, Falls River, Virginia. Is that what he said? Yeah. He's like, I cut lawns for eight bucks, eight, eight bucks a lawn. I'm like, first of all, kid, you need to raise your price. Yeah. Second of all, eight now. Eight bucks a lawn. Well, thank you. Hopefully these are tiny lawns in this neighborhood. Jeez, that's below living uh, lawn wage. I agree. And so now he's just got this viral marketing campaign. Brilliant kid.
That's genius. The kids got some hustle. Uh, let's take a break, primarily so we can continue to enjoy the... Finish the bottle. Fleur de Mer, the rosé and radio edition. Uh, maybe we'll come back talking about my bass fishing addiction. Oh, I want to hear more about this. I've seen photos. Oh, it's so exciting. I know. Uh, okay, and, and we'll, we'll wrap up uh, the uh, healthcare update with Paul Ashley from First Person Advisors, and we'll probably do a Biggest Waste of Money of the Week as well. Sounds good. All that and more next on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Back on the Million Dollar Plan, I'm Pete the Planner. Paul Ashley joins me in studio, uh, First Person Advisors, the Rose and Radio Edition, healthcare. You know, when you talk about healthcare, you almost always have to have a beverage. It helps. Let's, we're talking healthcare. I've had some. Uh, acid reflux yeah last several weeks so i stopped coffee altogether Ooh. and i've severely cut back the number of clinky clinky beverages i've been taking, as well as red meat and fried foods hmm. i haven't eaten or drank a drip or drop in a week because <laughs> that's all that's all i ever consume well yeah we'll have a dinner together on monday oh we are we're gonna be in denver together yep. on monday Rand- is there anything better that being on a, a business trip and randomly one of your best friends happens to be on a, a, tan, a tangent business trip uh, with you. And we're bringing it together. We're, we're, oh, I'm so we're, excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be, right. be great. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Okay. Yo. So. That's not what you think it means, by the way. Go ahead. So what's going to happen? Like, so what, what's your current prediction with healthcare in the next 18 months? Um, I don't think anything's going to pass that's meaningful legislation. I really don't. Yeah. Because if it hasn't passed yet, it's not going to pass. Uh, because as we get closer to the midterms, which are you know a little little over a year away, people don't want to do anything crazy because they're afraid of what it means back in their home district. So the closer so, we get to that, the less likely a solution yeah, is. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of that that ship has sailed in your opinion. It's it's all but sailed at this point, in my opinion. Now. And that's is that, I mean that's a it's a little bit that's not your professional opinion in that. Yeah. Right? That's a personal opinion. That's a personal opinion. Okay. Um, I think that we will continue to see the Trump administration um, enact um, policies, relax policies, that make some of the current health care law easier to deal with from an employer perspective. Okay. That's been happening for a while. Yeah, and that I, will continue to happen. As I've said on the show, and I've said several other times, I'm current, I am currently have decided I'm comfortable with the personal sacrifices I've made financially for where we are with healthcare. But if it goes this Medicare for all route, route, whatever, uh, that, that Senator Sanders is proposing, financially, that's a really big and bad deal for, for people like me, any business owner. That's a big, bad situation. Yeah, you think, you think the additional cost you paid 
because of Obamacare so far is a lot. Wait till you see that price tag. Yeah, I, I think any, so right now it's what anybody over 50 employers, uh, employees, <laughs> 50 employers, how yeah. does that work? Uh, a control it, group. Yeah, any 50 employees, then you have to have health care. We don't have to, but if you don't, you'll have a penalty for sure. not having health care. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think anyone like me who has under 50 employees would just be devastated with sort of a Medicare for all because you aren't used to that expense line. That's right. You know? That's exactly. It'd be a real tough challenge on S-Corps, entrepreneurial businesses. It'd be tough. Do you have the biggest waste of money of the week? How do you like this rosé, by the way? We're That's drinking? not a waste of money. I mean, no, it's pretty good. It was 17 listen, bucks. Uh, Fleur de Mer, Côte de Provence. The Provence region of France. You can't go wrong with the rosé. It's really good. It's yeah. not too sweet. No. I like a super dry uh, rosé. It's a little heavy-handed at 13%. I think that's what's given us the little regurgitation there. Paul, if, uh, y- you truly understand this stuff more than anyone I know. If people uh, want to... Uh, understand uh, their business through the eyes of healthcare. How can they get in contact with you in first person? Yeah, a um, couple ways to reach me. Um, you can find me on the Twitters. Okay. Uh, P E as in Paul Edward Ashley. Okay. So at P E Ashley, or but your uh, middle name is actually Elaine. Yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. But, but it's like Paul Edward. Right. So I like P-E Edward, Ashley. Yes. Uh, and then our website is firstpersonadvisors.com. S O R S advisors. Com. Every time I submit my column to USA Today I and I do put this. advisors, as I should, they change it to errors. It's because the AP style guide requires it. That's so frustrating. Yeah, All right, sorry. that's it for this week. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming Thanks in. for having me. Uh, that's it. If you want to learn more, go to PeteThePlanner.com. I urge you to do so. Freeze your credit. Mm. I just got upset. Freeze your credit. <laughs> Zero excuse. Is your credit frozen? Oh, it has been since the Anthem deal. Okay. Because, yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget besides $17 rosé. I'm Pete the Planner. This is a million dollar plan. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. Not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn, it beats I burn, this I adjourn, it beats I burn, I burn, I burn.
Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?